Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lauren Interviews, the new and improved version of Red Carpet Rendezvous. Now, today I have a very special episode with a man who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Um, he is the founder of the Guardian Angels. He is a talk radio host. He is a media contributor. And now he is the Republican candidate for mayor of New York City, Curtis Lewa. So thank you for joining me, Curtis. Oh, anytime, Lauren. Anytime. Yeah. You are you are so spectacular. And I, you know, I want to jump right in here and just say that um, all parties aside, I always say to everybody, I am not a political person. I am person over party. You are my candidate um, for many, many reasons. I, you know, I firmly believe that you are a better choice for this city because you give up, you give more than a crap. You give, you know, there's lots of reasons. And my, uh, I guess my crew that I'm with a lot. I'm, you know, I guess I'm an Upper East Side mom. Um, and Upper East Side moms are a lot more conservative than one might think. And I think a lot of this has to do with a lot of the new COVID laws. So, um, or mandates and restrictions. So anyway, uh, some of the Democrats might not know that you, you didn't actually vote for Trump. Is that correct? No. Um, in fact, uh, my opponent in the Republican primary spent $2 million to try to let everybody know that A, I'm not a Republican, and B, I'm an ever-Trumper. I didn't have any money. Uh, so uh, right. those ads played uh, for 10 straight days right before the primary. Okay. And I beat him anyway, 70 to 30%, because yep. even hardcore Trumpers, I think they kind of understood that I had had a love-hate relationship with Donald Trump over the years. I couldn't take the tweeting every day, should have had Chinese finger cuffs uh, put on him. <laughs> uh, because it just created so much, uh, Michigan. So every day it was something else that he mm -hmm. was tweeting about that had nothing to do with being president of the United States. Yeah. Doesn't mean I supported Hillary the first time or Biden. I voted independent last time, Brock Pierce on the independent party line. Love that. Right. But, um, he spent the money, mm -hmm. figured that would resonate. But Trumpers have known me for years because I've been in the streets for 42 years. And I think they said this election is about public safety. Mm -hmm. So put aside the fact that he didn't vote for Trump. Uh, he's much better at public safety than anybody who's running for mayoralty of the city of New York. Well, I I mean, to be honest, I just I think it's a plus for you that you did not. I personally think like this is a, you should scream it from the rooftops to these New Yorkers. I did not vote for Trump. I am with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is such a small percentage of New Yorkers who actually voted for Trump. It's like Staten Island, sure. <laughs> pretty much Staten sure. Island. Good job, guys. Um, And that's it. So I think, you know, this is something I said to myself. This this should help you along with your stance on, um, you know, animal rights. The no kill shelters. I mean, the the left is all about this. They, they are all about kindness. They are so it's kind of just like, guys, get your head out of your ass. If you actually practice what you preach, then you have a candidate right here. But just because it says Republican in front of it doesn't mean you can't not vote for him. Right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. also, I have the independent party line, which yes. I got the good old fashioned way by going out and getting the prerequisite number of uh, signatures. So that isn't the that a lot too? Like a like way more than it's very difficult to yeah. do, especially in the pandemic. But uh, when I filed all the signatures so that I could have a second line, the mm -hmm. independent party line, which I have, 
Guess which party opposed me at the Board of Elections? Take a guess. Uh, the Democratic Party? No. No? No. Which party? They never contested me any step of the way. The Republican Party. No. Yes. Oh, I, di- I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, because remember, uh, the problem with Republicans in New York City is they're too busy bickering with each other, too busy fighting with one another, too busy eating their own babies. <laughs> and they actually, I had another line, would have been first ever animal welfare line. They challenged that at the Board of Elections and they knocked it off the ballot mm. because uh, some of the signatures did not qualify. But it wasn't the Democrats. I would have been running with three lines. I would have been the Republican candidate, which I won fair and square. Mm -hmm. The Independent Party candidate, which Michael Bloomberg had spent millions of dollars to get. He would never have been elected mayor just on the Republican line. And I would have been the first ever to have an animal welfare line. But my own Republicans challenged both lines and knocked me off the ballot on the animal welfare line. That's insane. That is completely insane. And and again, this this should speak to people in New York City that, you know, <laughs> you are not going to be alienated. I think that it's the whole partisan thing really gets in people's heads. And now we're at a point in our society where it's almost shameful like to be a Republican in New York City. And I it's like at my daughter's school, for example, I. I kind of have to to hide the fact that I do lean a little bit right. Um, well, if anyone listens, they'll hear it now. Right, <laughs> but right, you know. Right, but right. anyway, I want to get into some of um. I want to get into some of what what you stand for and what um people can just look forward to because something like I mentioned, you know, to these moms, we are dealing with these insane mandates, right? You go away on a plane for a weekend, you can get a PCR test for your kid. You can get two of them. But you know, Curtis, they still have to quarantine for ten days. They're still putting working parents out by keeping their kid at home for ten days. So my, you know, my poor kid, we go away. They have to have four. They weren't even exposed to COVID. Four tests up their nose, spitting in a, in a tube, whatever. I mean, that's insane. So what do you think? Do you think there should be citywide mandates across, I mean, public schools, private schools? This is crazy. What, what do you think that we could do here as a city to just make this safe, but also reasonable? Well, let's take uh, bars and restaurants first. Uh, okay. Let's say you're here in uh, Manhattan. And uh, you have a party of people coming out with you, but apparently some either don't have their vaccine card or they didn't get a vaccine. Okay. And you're saying, gee, where are we going to go? New Jersey. It's not required. Mm. Likewise, if you live in the Bronx, well, where are you going to go? Westchester, it's not required. If I'm in Staten Island, I go across the outer uh, cross uh, bridge. Yeah. And I'm in Red Bank. And you say to yourself, Connecticut. All these places you can go, they don't require it. Is it different air? <laughs> you know, I'd like yeah. to know. Is yeah. it, it only recirculated this air in the five boroughs of the city of New York? Something like that. <laughs> but it shows government just wanting to control everything about your life from the cradle to the grave. So mm-hmm. let's look at the schools. Yeah. Teachers are now being told they have to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong if they can't get vaccinated because of uh, medical issues or religious issues or they just don't trust the government? Wow, that's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> just test them once or twice a week. Right. Don't fire them. And then the healthcare workers, they mm-hmm. were the heroes, remember? Yeah. In the beginning, hey, 7 o'clock every night. Yeah. They were crawling into the belly of the beast, ICU units, ER units. Many of them were getting sick. Many of them were dying because we didn't understand. Uh, how terrible a disease COVID-19 was. But mm. we, re- we recognize people would go in there and they wouldn't come out. Yeah. And now because some of them either can't or won't get the vaccine, 
They're being fired. And you said, well, just test them. That's what they do with cops. Right. That's what they do with other uniformed services. So why a double standard? And the whole idea is get the kids back into school. So I know some uh, parents, they're upset that the kids have to wear masks. My attitude is vaccinate the kids, get the masks on them, get them into school because mm-hmm. it, it, it was a horror what we did to them for a year and a half. I have three sons, all of whom they go to public schools, mm-hmm. high school, junior high school, and grammar school. And anytime I'd visit them and they were in a school session, they'd yeah. be playing Fortnite, roadblocks. You know, they weren't paying attention to their lessons. <laughs> if it was up to me, I would have redshirted all the kids uh, because they yeah. were all socially promoted. So uh, in trying to make up for lost time, my view is, especially in the public schools, yeah. they should start on Labor Day and end on July 30th. They need to make up for lost time now okay. that they're back in school. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, it's the mask thing. I'll say I... I don't – if it makes people happy, sure. I As soon as I got vaccinated, I retired my mask and I, I get a – I will – if you ask me to put it on, I'll put it on. I do get a little agitated with sure. some of the mandates. Sure. I, I do – it's like you said. Is the air different? Is it freaking different? I think that's my whole problem is that it's not consistent and I just don't feel like dealing with this anymore because – not you, but because one says it's respectful – it doesn't you, – you tell us to follow the science. We follow the science. It doesn't make sense anymore. Well, not only that, I'm vaccinated, but I could have coronavirus and sure. I could be spreading it. Sure. Say, right. Exactly. Because, you know, you don't know if you have it. You don't – whatever. Um, you know, It's just – it seems silly to me. We, You know, we sit at a table at my, my daughter's school. We all put masks on and then, you know, they make us and then we go to a bar after yeah. and we take them off. Because, again, a bar is different. Can we pretend like the kids course, are at a – it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like, sure, get them vaccinated and wear a mask. But why? Like, yeah, well, just they, because we have – because they Biden- never They never adequately explain that and how dare you as a peon <laughs> yeah. uh, apply common sense to this. Is Why is it I can walk into a bar, I have to have a mask on, mm-hmm. but the moment I sit down, I can take it off? What? Does the air circulate differently when I'm That's what exhaling I'm at mm-hmm. a table as opposed to when I'm standing this up? This is my question, and same with school. Yeah. Why in the classroom? You're with the same people every day. The adults are vaccinated. The kid, Why do we have to do this to our kids? I And I do feel guilty because I am the mom that I do want to follow. I want to be respectful. I really do. I just feel bad. I rip the mask off my daughter when she gets out, and then I and I go, "This is not good for you." And then I realize that I'm conflicted. You know, she's like, "Well, you know, I'm supposed to wear it to be protected." Then I realize, okay. Sorry, I should yeah. agree with you, yeah. you know. Um, now, how do you plan to get people back into the city with the crime and the taxes? And how do you want to – You know, there's this desire. They have to come back into the city. Why? Mm. I mean, let's be realistic. Okay. If people are happy working at home and they're productive mm-hmm. and it's a better quality of life, why would we want to force them into the city? Now, we know why we want to force them into the city, so that there's more money being mm-hmm. spent, so more products being purchased, so that there's more of a vitality in the city. Yeah. But think about it from a holistic point of view. If people actually, because of the lockdown and pandemic, prove to be just as productive, maybe even more productive, mm-hmm. now they're spending more family time, quality of lifetime. They're not burning fossil fuels to go to and from work right. for two hours each way. There's less tension. There's less stress. Mm-hmm. Why are we going to force them to come back to work, especially if the employers recognize that it isn't all that important anymore? Look at e-commerce. Anytime right. you go into an apartment building, before you can even get through the lobby, there's like 52 packages. Yeah. 
how are you going to ever open up all these mom and pop shops again? They can't compete against e-commerce. People just lollygaggle at home. They order whatever they want, e-commerce. It arrives the same day. How are you going to get them to suddenly go out and start perusing through shops? That makes me sad. But yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And I I guess I'm guilty of it to an extent just because Amazon is easy. But I I don't know. I'm in the mindset, you know, you should always try to support local businesses when you can. But it's just like, to your point, they're all shut down anyway. The reality is we have this focus that the population has to keep growing. Yeah. If you lose population, the city is slipping, you're Mm -hmm. losing power, you're losing uh, economic might. Why do we always have to view that? Isn't yeah. the idea that we not all be crunched together like sardines? That's a good point. That you actually. don't have millions of people riding the subway. <laughs> no, so that that's you, a good point. It's like, how about what's in the best interest of people, mm-hmm. not what's in the best interest of a government? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, you know, I didn't think of it. I guess like that. And I kind of love that because I will say the city is already kind of heinous right now with traffic. And and you're right. How many more people can we freaking fit in here? Look at all the empty commercial space, millions of square feet. Mm. And you have developers who are supporting my my adversary, Eric Adams, and they want to build more, 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 more. And I'm I'm saying Mm -hmm. we can't even... We can't even rent or lease the empty space we have now. And you want to build more mega buildings just so you can profit. Right. But all you're going to do is create even more supply and there's less demand. So Mm -hmm. how about taking care of the supply first? We may have to repurpose some, turn some into affordable housing. There's not enough cemetery space, so maybe we sell it as mausoleums. Mm -hmm. You can actually visit your relatives or 44th and Madison in a brand new high-rise building. It's all mausoleums. Look at what we did to old factories. We turned them into storage space for people like myself who have separation anxiety. They got to keep their clutter. I got to go visit my clutter. Yeah. Think of yeah. all these things. And yet, they, oh, we can't lose population. Uh, you know, we'll get less money from Washington. Well, maybe we need less money from Washington. Why are we forcing these concepts? Mm-hmm. And then we want to say, oh, bicycles instead of vehicles. It's sort of like, okay, that's a choice. Right. But why we pit one against the other? It's always we're pitting people against one another. My attitudes towards bike lanes, if you use it, you keep it. Yeah. If after a year you're not using it, you lose it. Right. I mean, how many neighborhoods you go in there love it? They're like Pee Wee Herman, you know, uh, Northern <laughs> Brooklyn. They're like uh, they're dominating. Yeah. Uh, they they want it's like they're in Amsterdam, you know. Right. They're in Antwerp. They're in Belgium, you know. They yes. love their bicycles. <laughs> yeah. Other neighborhoods, yeah. not even a delivery guy on a bicycle within an hour. So you say, well, that that's that's not that's a misappropriation of valued space. Yeah. That should go back to the vehicles. Oh, God forbid we have vehicles. Well, what's the alternative? Mass transit. Yeah. Mass transit sucks. Uh, it's, it's pretty dirty. bad. It's pretty bad there's right now. There's crime. There's mm-hmm. emotionally disturbed people. There's homeless people. How about improving mass transit? And a lot more people would take mass transit. But, again, you're trying to force it with congestion pricing. We'll force you, my little pretty, yeah. to take that subway train. <laughs> and especially women. Yeah. They're the ones who end up using Lyft, uh, Uber, because it is not only so dangerous for them, but you got pervs galore. Remember, you got guys out in the subways in the streets who want to prove to women that they're not suffering from erectile dysfunction. Guys are not Ugh. even considering that. So gross. So if you yeah. notice, mm-hmm. women, and without women for nightlife, nightlife can never come back. Sure. So look at all these app services that have done so well. And you look at who are most of their customers. It's women. Because they don't want to have to fight their way onto a bus or into a subway or mm-hmm. be in a dark alley or on a lonely street. 
And that's all because we don't have public safety in New York City. I like that. You are for the women. All the women should well, literally stand up. I mean, obviously men too, but really, yeah, I appreciate you're most that. Most of the workers now. Remember, the women are the majority of the workforce. Yeah. Without women going out on nightlife tours, whether it's bars, restaurants, or clubs, there would be no nightlife. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you take care of your best customers and your best workers? I mean, you said it perfectly. I didn't even have to say it, really. you well, are, I because mean, because men don't think that but way. But that is, you, I really feel like, I think you should say this way more often. Really, really and truly, because I follow you, I listen to you. I don't think you say this enough, mm. and I think it's a really amazing point here that I think would resonate with a lot of people. All this um, is common sense. It is. You it's could complete- be a misogynist, you could be a sexist, mm-hmm. but all you have to do is look at the analytics. Right. Who is the majority of the workforce? Women. Women. Without women going to nightlife, there's very little nightlife. So you better take care of these valuable entities, <laughs> even if you are a misogynist or sexist, because without them, the economy suffers, mm-hmm. the workforce suffers, and nightlife is dismal. So, so interesting, because again, I never I never thought of it like that. Now, let's. I want to move on to um, the homeless issue. And you had said this, uh, I think it was maybe last week, you had a plan and you mentioned possibly busing them upstate to create labor camps again. And there was some flack. There was some, you know, all right, Curtis, what's the difference between that and like, you know, concentration camps in, you know, during the Holocaust? Well, you know, it's always true of people that when you come across with an old idea and you try to recycle it, people are like, no, no, no. I'm saying, oh, what's working now? It's really fabo. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the homeless <laughs> are not benefiting. Yeah. Neighborhoods are at war with the homeless people. And the city has completely mismanaged homelessness. Look at how uh, it has uh, exploded in terms of everywhere where emotionally disturbed persons and homeless people are. So why shouldn't they have an option? If you have children and they're dysfunctional and they're having a hard time, what's the first thing parents think of? Outward bound. Mm -hmm. Let's get them out there in Montana. Fresh air. You know, they can be bucking broncos. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to get them away from from their friends here in the city because, you know, the drugs, the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, we do that for the wealthy, we do that for the middle class, but we wouldn't do that for the poor and the indigent. Again, it's all optional. Right, many optional. Of, it's a right. choice. Many of them recognize that if they stay in the city, there are too many temptations around. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, where do we send kids? A camp. Yeah. Sometimes the kid is at camp. Mommy, please, I, I, take me home. Mommy yeah. comes and takes the kid home. Right. What's the big deal? This worked in the 30s when we had a depression. Yes. A lot of single, able-bodied men who couldn't find work here, who were alcoholics. Mm-hmm. They were suffering from depression. They were living in shanty uh, shack towns all along the Upper West Side. So then Mayor LaGuardia created Camp LaGuardia upstate. Mm-hmm. They had to be self-sufficient, grow their own food. They were taught a negotiable skill, like being carpenters, electricians, plumbers. And then they had to dry out. And let's face it, the only temptation up in some parts of Leave it to Beaverland up there is tipping cows. Yeah. You're not going to find booze. You're not going to find drugs. And it gives them an option. The same way, if all of a sudden you had a drug problem, where are most of the rehab centers? They're in the Catskills. They're in the Berkshires. Why? You want to get them out of the city because it's very difficult to rehab pity uh, people while they're in the city. And again, it's not sending all the homeless men or homeless women up there. But giving them a menu option. Hey, yeah. w- would you like to spend some time up in the camp? You know, yeah. You're going to have to work. Right. You're going to have to be self-sufficient. Right. But they would, in turn, they would get shelter, food. Yeah. Um, and Fresh some kind air. of Yeah. Would they get some sort of stipend 
Uh, or just like sh- it's really you're, you're doing them the favor. You're doing that. Yeah, you're yeah, getting yeah. them. All, you know, we always talk about stipends, stipends, stipends. Wait yeah, second. we're helping you. What are you doing for us? Yeah, you're a drain on us. Mm-hmm. So hey, we're helping you, and eventually you'll help yourself, which means you help everybody else. And you know, this is actually funny because this could be the true test of the people that actually want to turn their lives around and do well, and the people that just kind of want to. You would be surprised how many there are. Oh wow, there are. But again, they walk down the block, they smell the reefer, people. Who are vaping? They smell yeah. K K two in the air. They see people shooting up in their neck. Uh, people are drinking. Yeah. So imagine if you were an alcoholic, would you rehab in a bar? No. Now, would it happen that you could get off uh, being a, a gin mill uh, addict in a bar? The likelihood is not. Mm-hmm. So you get them out. You get them away. This is this is what's been done before, and it's worked. Yeah, I I totally understand that. I just wanted to, I guess, get your take and and your pushback on yeah. the people that were saying, "Well, this is what's wrong." You know, this is Nazi Germany. Now, what do you say to people that have a said, oh, Curtis is old New York. He doesn't understand the, the fresh New York. He's living in the past. What do you say to those people? Well, the past is coming back to haunt us now. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't been here before, if you weren't birthed yet or you were coming in as a hipster and millennial from somewhere else, you would have no idea how bad it was before. We are descending in that direction. So if you already know how to prevent that and also how to improve that, why wouldn't you apply all the experiences that you have? Why should a new generation have to learn the hard way? Mm-hmm. We should learn from the successes of the past. And oftentimes, you have to recycle it. Well, everything has existed before. Nothing is new. We yeah. can deal with it. Yeah. It's just you have to uh, make sure that you do the right things. Mm-hmm. So you're motivating people because if government does the wrong things, then it's turning people against one another. It's uh, spreading mistrust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact... One thing commonly the people have, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or independents, is they really don't trust government. Right. They're so used to being lied to, so used to people, uh, you know, doing the rope-a-dope with them mm-hmm. that even though they have a party affiliation, they know that they're getting their chains pulled. Right, So right. government has to be able to step up and teach people how to be self-sufficient instead of always depending on government. Mm-hmm. But some people like that. Oh, from the cradle to the grave, government's going to take care of me. That's not helping people in a lot of instances. No, and and luckily, I don't know anyone that thinks like that. Um, But I I know that people like that exist, and there are a lot of them. Um, Now, your opponent, Eric Adams, recently came out guns blazing, calling you racist. I mean, that was like the first... I had heard from him in a very long time in the press. And I was like, oh, wow, that's the first thing you're going to say. Well, I of mean, course, of course. Remember, he did the same thing with Andrew Yang. Yes. Okay. Uh, he called him a racist. <laughs> and he has a history uh, of calling uh, his adversaries racist, except it's kind of hard to stick that on me because I'm in the hood. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Oh, he's at Club Zero Bond, you know, hanging out with the TikTok Philippe girls. Chow. Honestly, that's where he is. Right. Philippe Chow mm-hmm. trying to keep up with the Kardashians. That's a mostly white crowd. Mm-hmm. Where I go, it's a mostly people of color crowd. Subways, public housing projects, yes. tenements, the hood. Yes. So it's a reversal of what normally you see. Normally the Republicans are with the hedge fund monsters, the Fortune 500 elite, the realtors, the developers. Mm-hmm. I'm not with them. They don't like me. I don't like them. Uh, whereas Eric Adams, oh, he loves the nightlife. He's been in the Hamptons. He's been in Martha's Vineyard. He went to vacation in Monaco. Yeah. Who the hell goes to Monaco except the wealthy, the rich, the uber rich, mm-hmm. the super elite? 
That's not yep. my style. That's not what most people in New York City are. Right, right. So how is he going to maintain his connections to the street, to what he says are blue-collar values? He lost those blue-collar values a long time ago when he got wine dined and pocket-lined by his contributors. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, it's very, very much a sharp contrast as he's making the post for sitting at Rayos with, you know— whoever and you're making the post for you know comforting a homeless man who just got kicked out of bellevue so yeah i mean look it it is normally what you wouldn't consider from a republican but then again i can go into neighborhoods where the only republican they've ever seen is abraham lincoln on a five dollar (laughs) bill and i get received and people know me because they say oh that's curtis he's been here before yes with eric adams he doesn't like the fact that i go into the uh public housing projects in brooklyn where his He's borough. still the Brooklyn Borough president, which right. has had the worst crime, garbage in the streets, potholes, poor quality of life. And I walk around with a milk container with his picture on it. And I say, do you know this man? <laughs> and the brothers and sisters, they're like, mm, I think I recognize him. Isn't that guy running for mayor? I say, yeah, but do you know he's your Brooklyn Borough president? You just had eight people shot here the other night. Has he been in the neighborhood? Nah, I haven't seen him here. They said, we see you here all the time. Yeah. doesn't require somebody getting shot for us to see you here. So, again, he didn't like that. So what's your natural reaction when you see a white guy doing that, being well-received? You figure if I call him a racist, mm-hmm. then maybe black and Hispanics will give him a hard time. But he's selling wolf tickets. It yeah. ain't going to happen. 42 years mm-hmm. I've been in the inner city. And quite frankly, as much as he talks about having inner city roots, he lost them a long time ago. The first time he accepted money in the Hamptons, Martha's Vineyard. Yes. And it uh, was on a yacht I, I, Monaco. I completely agree with you. And I, I think um, what's so wonderful about you and what I think you can do for the city is is bring the city together and um, and hopefully make it less Republicans versus Democrats. And because like you said, you are not a typical Republican, which is, is so beneficial to you. Now, just lastly, to wrap things up, is there anything that you want people to know about you that they might not know or they might not realize? Yeah, they know me as a hard rock. They know that I'm very tough on crime and criminals. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But there's that compassionate side that they don't necessarily associate. So as you had mentioned, caring for the emotionally disturbed, caring for the homeless, but the most important aspect that I brought to this campaign that has never, 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 never been discussed before, and that's no-kill shelters. Mm-hmm. Most people assume that if the animal care and control shelters in New York City, which take in animals, that if an animal is surrendered or they find an animal and they bring them to the shelter, that they're going to find them a home of their own. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Within 72 hours, if there's nobody to claim that animal, dog, cat, or another animal, they are destroyed. They are euthanized, thousands of them at taxpayers' expense, especially pit bulls, because so many of them are illegally bred to become fighting dogs. Yeah. And then they're discarded. And then all of a sudden, they end up in a shelter, and within three days, Wait, this sounds really dumb of me, but I actually did not realize that's taxpayer money that's going to kill these animals. Holy shit. I actually really never realized that. And in Austin, Texas, they have a no-kill shelter. They have no-kill shelters. So you say, wait a second, Austin can do it and we won't even try it? Yeah. So every time I've had this conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people get into their mindset, well, you know, it's like an assembly line. Uh, Some will be saved. Some won't be saved. And I'm saying that's like your family members. Those are your furry little friends. Yeah. Uh, Then we have the issue of the uh, horse-drawn carriages. 
And everybody goes, oh, but the, the men and women who make their livelihood in horse-drawn carriages, they're going to lose their jobs if you discontinue them. No, they won't. They're electric carriages. Mm-hmm. And in fact, third world countries have gotten rid of the horse-drawn carriages. So you now have electric carriages replacing them in Guadalajara, in Mexico, yeah. Yeah. in Bombay, in India, India, in Santo Domingo, in the DR. You mean to tell me a third world country mm-hmm. understands the connection they look at that sad sack horse. Notice the horse's head is down in the ground. It is sad. They're it's depressed. actually really sad. If people go in and actually take the time to look at these yeah. horses, it's really pathetic and sad. And you say to yourself, and we do that. Yeah. And we purposefully do that when there's an alternative. Only tourists do that. That's like the funniest thing. I don't know anybody, a local person, that maybe every once every five years would well, do it if they're like, stuck. It's uh, like but... how many local people take the Circle Line cruise? Yeah, Almost exactly. Nobody. exactly. How many local people go to the Statue of Liberty? Mm-hmm. Almost nobody. You're right. So You're it's right. the same thing. And then all of a sudden, here you are, a horse. You're already dragging a thousand pounds of a carriage. You're out there in the noise. You can't frolic with your your, your fellow horses. Yeah. And then you got these uh, four people who come from Nebraska who are like uh, 2,000 pounds together. <laughs> and now you got to schlep them around the park. Exactly. Oh, oh I'm sure that horse, uh, it sort of reminds me of that opening scene in Les Miserables where they all, <laughs> all of them are dragging this uh, ship into dry dock. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they were happy. Yeah, they were thrilled. That. They were totally thrilled. No, right. that's that's so, it's, so this right here should resonate with people who maybe are not huge animal supporters, right? But, you have to be a fan of saving money. <laughs> I mean, there you well, go. So look, it's like, regardless. All you got to do is look at someone like Mahatma Gandhi who said, a society that does not take care of its animals does not take care of its people. Mm-hmm. Voila. Look at all the homeless people we have in the streets and subways. Look at all the emotionally disturbed persons we have in the street and the subways. Look how we take care of our animal. Mm-hmm. Well, there is synergy there. Yeah. And if we uh, didn't kill our animals... And we were kinder and had more compassion towards our emotionally disturbed and got them the mental health care that they needed and the medicine that could normalize them and care for the homeless people. What a better society we would be. Right, right, but, but yeah. You, you can't depend on government to be compassionate. Hmm. That's not their motivation. To them, it's all a numbers game. Yes. I think um, I think a lot of us, as we get older, are realizing that. Um, me, me in particular, <laughs> just because I've – it's like I, I said my husband, we always talk – and we've talked to you about this before. We, we were never political people, and then we really started to understand at a local level, which yeah. I think really helps for people. Yeah. So um, New York City, November 2nd, go out there and vote. Vote, vote for your city. Vote for Curtis. Honestly, guys, this is like this is very important. This is important to our children. It's important to everybody. So, um, I just I hope that it, everyone enjoyed this interview and it it uh, taught you maybe some things that you didn't know. I know that I usually discuss entertainment, um, but I'm forcing you to listen to some real issues. So, Curtis, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for the tactical air support. You got it. All right, guys. Uh, until next time. Thanks for listening.